Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. It's Thursday, July 8th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. There are several barriers to securing help for a child with mental illness. That includes seeking state resources for needed treatment, which can lead to families begging for funding. Do you want me to be such a deserving family that we deserve your funding? Or do you want us to be so broken that you need to fix us? Because I'll be whatever you want. We'll report on one family's fight in just a few minutes. The Missouri Department of Labor is allowing people to apply for forgiveness of overpaid unemployment benefits. As St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff reports, the move comes after months of pressure, and some attorneys say it will help thousands of Missouri residents. Last year, during the height of the pandemic, the state said it mistakenly overpaid about $150 million in mostly federal unemployment benefits. The state then demanded people pay back the money. Jim Guest is with the nonprofit Legal Services of Eastern Missouri, and he's been helping people appeal overpayment distinctions. To find out then that you had to pay back this money was just a real hardship for these folks. You know, it's not like anyone was pocketing this money or saving it. They were using it for its intended purpose. Guest says he's glad the department is finally offering a way to waive the federal portion of the overpayments. Lawmakers failed to pass legislation to forgive the money. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio. Governor Mike Parson has signed legislation shielding businesses from COVID-19 legal liability. The bill states that no one can sue a business after August 28th unless they showed, quote, reckless or willful misconduct and the exposure injured a plaintiff. It was one of Parson's top legislative priorities of the 2021 session. We don't want to give anybody a free pass if they're doing something wrong, and this bill doesn't do that. You know, you're still going to be subject, if you're neglect, if you're not doing your job, you're still going to be subject to being responsible for that. So it's not, it's not a free pass for anybody, and we don't want that. Opponents of the COVID-19 liability bill say it could have negative consequences for long-term care facilities and nursing homes. Parson has also signed a measure allowing restaurants to sell to-go cocktails permanently. The state eased restrictions on to-go mixed drinks during the height of the pandemic to help struggling restaurants. The new law makes the change permanent on August 28th. Illinois' first vaccine lottery drawings take place today. As Hannah Meisel reports, $1 million and three scholarships are on the line. Thursday's drawings are the first in a summer-long lottery for the 7.5 million Illinoisans who have gotten at least one COVID shot. One lucky vaccinated adult will win a million dollars in this first drawing, while three vaccinated teens will win scholarship funds worth $150,000 each. The lottery will continue giving away the $10 million in cash prizes and scholarships weekly through the end of August. State officials are urging unvaccinated Illinoisans to get their COVID shots, which not only automatically enters them into the lottery, but also protects against COVID's extremely contagious Delta variant, now spreading statewide. So far, only 54% of eligible Illinoisans 12 and over are fully vaccinated. I'm Hannah Meisel. Greater St. Louis Inc. and the Regional Business Council are endorsing a voter initiative to fund updates to St. Louis Community College. Voters within the college district will see Proposition R on the August ballot. 
It's a proposed eight-cent operating rate increase. It would be the first in roughly 40 years. Funding would go towards updating career, training, and programs, renovating existing facilities, and offering real-world learning environments. Former Missouri House Speaker Bob Griffin has died. He was the longest-serving speaker holding that post from 1981 to 1996. The Northwest Missouri native managed to get major pieces of legislation through the General Assembly, but Griffin was also often pointed at by supporters of term limits after he was convicted on federal corruption charges. Griffin was 85. Finding help for a child with mental illness is not easy. There are several barriers to treatment, creating a nightmare for families. Side Effects Public Media's Carter Barrett speaks with a family that has watched their son's condition worsen as they fought to get help. Meg Hartz is sitting on the end of her sofa, what she calls her command center. It's in her South Bend, Indiana home, where she spent years trying to find mental health care for her son. This is him, this is his grandpa, and he would love to go up to grandpa's cabin and do any woodworking that grandpa was willing to help him with. In an album on her phone, Hart stores smiling photos of the 16-year-old she describes as kind and compassionate. She says this is the real him, not the depression that keeps him in bed for hours or the mania that leaves him awake for days. But when he's manic, they don't see that. They think, oh my gosh, he's six feet tall. He's a big kid. He's going to hurt me. <laughs> and he's not. So yeah, that's, that's my fear is that people won't understand him. She fears his illness could lead to a dangerous confrontation with others, like the police. We're using his middle name, Christopher, to protect his privacy, partly because of the stigma around mental illness. In fifth grade, Christopher was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. When his condition worsened, Hartz quit her job and homeschooled him while they sorted out his medication. In reality, I became his caseworker. So I was the go-between between the therapist, between the psychiatrist, between the occupational therapist. For four long years, she struggled to find comprehensive treatment. The family dealt with provider shortages, waiting lists, trips to the ER, and spiraling costs, at least $5,000 a year. All the while, Christopher's condition deteriorated. That's a common problem because America's mental health system is overwhelmed, especially as people feel added stress from COVID. CDC data shows ER visits for children in a mental health crisis rose 30 percent during the pandemic. It's kind of, we're in a crisis situation and now it's buckling under the weight of all of these um, people who really, truly need treatment. This is Holly Wheeler, director of Family Voices Indiana. It connects families with resources, and she says the workforce shortages in mental health are staggering. So to receive a serious intervention like hospitalization, it's almost impossible if a child isn't suicidal or homicidal. It's, it's very taxing on families. Um, and if you don't have the means and the resources, then I guess you're out of luck. And people with private insurance can have their own set of challenges. Out-of-network psychiatrists, high deductibles, and uncovered services. While Medicaid offers more robust coverage in Indiana, privately insured people largely can't access it. So here's the problem families face with a child like Christopher. So if he gets to the point 
where he is actually violent, he will have lost himself. Why can't we save him before that? Why isn't that kid worth saving? As Christopher's condition deteriorated, hearts felt hopeless. It seemed there were only two choices left, turn him into juvenile justice as a truant or give up parental rights altogether. But in 2019, Christopher was able to join a so-called wraparound program where his doctors, teachers, therapists, and parents could collaborate. The team eventually decided on a potential treatment, but Hartz had to convince the state to fund his inpatient stay. She says the experience was humiliating. I said, you know, what do you want me to be? Do you want me to be such a deserving family that we deserve your funding? Or do you want us to be so broken that you need to fix us? Because I'll be whatever you want. This year, the state agreed to fund inpatient care on a month-by-month basis. Doctors can observe Christopher and make decisions about his medications and treatment. Still, Hartz has a nagging thought. I truly believe that if we had gotten wraparound services four years ago, instead of having to wait four years, he would not be an inpatient right now. And the family struggles are not over. The hospital staff says Christopher needs long-term residential treatment. So Hartz has started the process of securing her son's care again. For Side Effects Public Media, I'm Carter Barrett. That story was produced by Side Effects Public Media, a news collaborative covering public health. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.